Hello and welcome all to the second episode of the Midnight Chatterbox. I'm one of your hosts, Jay, and today Ant, your other co-host, and I get into the White Claw tier list. Destiny, the new season, is it good? Is it bad? We'll never tell. Then we get into a little bit of art talk, what art means and what it can mean. And finally, we wrap it up with a little bit of mortal peril. Without further ado, let's get into it. I enjoy that too. Uh, but with, without further ado, uh, this White Claw tier list that you came <laughs> up with, you sent me earlier this week, or last week. Uh, but I have not tried all the White Claws, and I recently realized I'm old, and now I like White Claws. But And I'm a strong advocate of them now, even. My mom drinks them now because of me. That's That's the mark. Of an incredible salesman. <laughs> if you can oh, get God, your mom to no. drink the same hard seltzer. <laughs> uh, you had placed... I guess I'm just going to start drinking these. The ones I haven't done are mango and tangerine. I'll give them a, a few sips each. And then we'll throw them into my tier list and we'll compare it. Does that work? Yes, I love that. All right. Opened up the mango. All right. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Now I gotta open up the tangerine. Oh, God. I'm double fisting White Claws, Ma. <laughs> like I said, the mark of a successful salesman. Okay. I have tried all of the, the White Claws now, or most of the flavors. The only one I haven't done is Lime, so that's the and I don't have them right now, or access to it, so that one will be out of my tier list. Hey, that works for me. Have you had the, the pineapple, or the, or the clementine? Oh, those weird ones down at the bottom? No, no, no. I had none of those. <laughs> yeah, that, those this are... This is a pure list. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're real, personally. I've never seen them. And maybe I'm I just yeah. don't shop at the right place. I don't like them. I don't like looking at them, so... They're, they're not here. They're excluded. <laughs> uh, but what did, what did you put in your, your S tier? In my S tier, I have uh, lemon and raspberry. I, I definitely agree with the lemon. I would definitely have lemon up there, too. Hmm... I don't know if I'd put raspberry there, though. I think I, I'd, I'd... Lemon is the only S tier, I think, that I've had so far. That, like, really hits me. That's fair. You you like... Well, I mean, the lemon the lemon is so perfect because it's basically a Sprite. And... Yeah. yeah. Just, it's, it's un, unreally smooth. Unreally smooth. That's not a word. No, that that works. Unnaturally smooth. Unnaturally, sure. But unreally. <laughs> <That makes sense. laughs> unreally is really good. 
you know, after looking inward and really reflecting, I also don't know if I would put raspberry in S. It's like, good, right? Like, it deserves at least A. But, hmm. Why, why not, though, do you think? Why are you reconsidering? Because lemon, if that is, like, the definition of S tier, like, that's a very difficult mountain to ascend. I think I would put raspberry at high A tier. Like, it's close, but if it okay. if it, if okay, it had yeah. a little more moxie, a little more gusto. Yeah. Okay, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, what's behind uh, raspberry, then, for you? We've got natural lime and watermelon. The lime I haven't had, so I can't, I can't say. But watermelon? I agree that it's in... It's in A tier, right? It's... It is good, but I think it's got to be the bottom of A tier for me. Like, oh, it's the bottom of A tier for me too. Uh, so I might put in A tier raspberry, and then mango. Actually, I have been sipping on the mango, and it's pretty darn good. I'll skip ahead a little bit and reveal <laughs> that I have reconsidered my my stance on mango. <laughs> yeah, I kind of confused it with the tangerine. You know, they're both orange. It, it's a yes. it's a common mistake. Yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, mango is solid. I think I would put it in B tier. Okay, okay, I can yeah, I can agree with that. Right in the A B tier, I like it. Okay, uh, and then for your B tier, what do you got? I guess mango to start with. Like... <laughs> yeah, mango and black cherry. Black cherry to me is kind of like this is. This is the White Claw experience. It was the first mm. one I had. Okay. And it's like, what am I getting into? Here it is. No, I totally agree with that. It's I agree. Yeah, it's definitely B tier because it's very like middle of the road. Like here is your baseline White Claw. You can move around from here, but this is like the intro. I have a feeling that if you were to order White Claw at a bar, one, I I don't know if that if the bartender would like really appreciate you anymore at that point <laughs> like the tip becomes mandatory uh, all right real quick oh, the yeah. tip is always mandatory yeah but, no, in any yes any scenario but i feel like if they served you a white claw it would be black cherry they're not going to ask you for the flavor they're just going to say here it is okay yeah i i i, I could see that when i think about being a fancy person in a situation at a bar <laughs> and ordering a white claw <laughs> could you please give me this white claw in a martini glass yeah, I'm on the rooftop in L.A., you know, the, there's a pool. You're talking to a producer. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, garçon, White Claw, please. And that's the one I get. It's the Black Cherry. I don't have to tell him because that's universally, I guess, maybe liked. Maybe that's it. Maybe everyone likes Black Cherry. Listen, viewers and listeners, what are your opinions on this? I need to know. Is Black Cherry the baseline? Drop your own White Claw tier list in the comments. I don't know if this is hosted anywhere with comments, but if it is, you know what to do. All six of you, maybe. What else do you have in your B tier? I think Black Cherry, of course. I just, that's the baseline. Um, I think I think just that, because I, I agree with the rest of your list that I can see here. I, I consider myself a bit of a, of a connoisseur, so... Yeah, uh, grapefruit 
is C tier. It's unimpressive, really. I'm just not a grapefruit guy. I am a ruby guy, but I'm not a grapefruit mm. guy. Neither am I, though. I agree. I feel like a fruit that you need to like scatter sugar all over. Right? That's not a fruit. That's yeah, just a vegetable. I was, yeah, like... <laughs> That's so confusing to me. Like how people will sometimes put a bunch of sugar on uh, or salt on lemons and then eat them. Or maybe maybe I'm just running with like a weird crowd because like <laughs> I knew people that would do that a lot. And I always thought it would, was really weird. And they used to eat the peel with it. Like it was demonic. <laughs> now that I think of it, yeah, like le- they'd cut the lemon wedges in the wedges. And I forget if it was salt. It honestly could have been salt. Or it was sugar, and they just would cover the whole thing and then pop the whole thing. Just down the hatch. Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> was this not common? Do you not like did you not know anybody like that? I mean, my my grandfather is like that. But he's he was also a raging alcoholic, so I think that's like a holdover from drinking a lot of tequila. <laughs> what so was it the limes then too, or lemons? He mostly did it with limes. Okay. Weird. It's so strange. I feel like I probably tried it in the moment, but I can't. I, that memory is gone. I, I, I kind of feel like it's not worth remembering. I don't think so either. All right. For D tier <laughs> of our White Claw tier list, uh, I totally agree. I took probably two sips of this tangerine. <laughs> it's, it's like getting hit in the face with a bag full of soccer mom oranges it's <laughs> too much of whatever is going on full disclosure i don't know if i've ever actually had a tangerine i must have i've lived a long time it's probably happened but like it it tastes like how tangerine sounds <laughs> yeah I, I yeah i like that that's a very good description for it like earthy in all the wrong places yeah, it's got that very strange aftertaste. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> sorry, the, the fellows at White Claw, it's a no from me. <laughs> and then in the unknowns, we have Pineapple, Pure, and Clementine. I should also mention real quick that we're not sponsored by White Claw yet, or maybe ever. But y- y- you're welcome. That? Yeah. <laughs> Pineapple, Pure, and Clementine. Clementine, I feel, would probably end up in the D tier just because of their relationship with tangerines. Yeah, it's guilty by association at that point. Pineapple, I don't know. I, imagining it, I feel like it has potential. Without trying it, I would put it in C tier, maybe B tier. Yeah, I'd say high C. That's that's what my gut is telling me. And then pure, I think that kind of depends on how you feel about spicy water. Yeah, D tier for me. (laughs) For now. Just wait. For, yeah, for, wait. I'm going to try it. Uh-oh. We're going to revisit this in episode 30. <laughs> As the inexorable march of time continues onward, Pure ends up higher and higher on the tier list. I'm sorry. I'm sorry You're that gonna... I have to break it to you. What? I I don't like that. And I, I'm going to try and avoid this wave for as long as possible, but I know it's just going to hit me one day. I'll like it. <sighs> Begrudgingly. Speaking of begrudgingly. And things that we like. <laughs> How about that, that new season of The Splicer? I, you go first, you go first. What? I, I honestly haven't done that much because I 
started doing the transmog thing and too many options the paralysis of choice crept through my tiny little veins Mm. and suffocated my heart and gave me a headache that it's such an apt description (laughs) thank you i dropped out no that was it was very articulate uh and well well i'm trying to think of the word but i can't professed there we go we made it but uh i i do agree wow i i liked the whole first part of what i experienced so far in the beginning of the season like it was pretty this is a cool kind of story i can kind of get behind this new areas too like in already old areas i love that i love like exploring you know the same space but like newer and yeah i it it looked it it was it was setting up for kind of fun almost it almost felt like a its own dlc right i think that's kind of what they're going for in each season like little a trickle of dlc right yeah that's i think that's their philosophy going forward yeah that i was thinking about that earlier uh how they do a pretty good i always forget that they do really try and fit that like mmo style of game and i think it's really easy to forget it because it is a shooter as well and like a looter that it is mmoe like i hesitate to really give it the moniker of mmo when the big like the most people you can have in a single space is around 12 i think mhm but also like we mentioned before for a modified version of halo 2's engine to have as many whirring cogs and gears as it does that's still mm-hmm. pretty impressive it is, yeah. You you definitely got to give them a little credit on that for sure. And I don't have a whole lot of experience with other MMOs. I played Final Fantasy fourteen briefly, um, and that's okay. It's it's not my it's not my scene. I don't like mm-hmm. things that I have to. I, I played Bard mostly, which I heard was easy, but I get distracted very easily. So it might have not been the great touch for me, or the right mm. fit, I should say, compared to tanking or healing i just there's just so much responsibility and i buckle immediately (laughs) if you ask me to do anything i'll start crying there's too too many things to like okay yeah yeah (laughs) but you know to rein it back in a little bit what i do know about final fantasy 14 is that their system of transmog which i believe is called glamour glamour plates something like that uh you can just do that you don't have to go through this the circus act to get more currency to get more currency to get the actual currency you need i still can't believe someone I, fucking wrote that out I, and thought yeah this works <laughs> i'm so glad that yeah i we all saw this coming right as a community we were like that doesn't look very good <laughs> I, but what am i what can i do it doesn't look good i'll type it i'll type it a bunch maybe it'll stop the train <laughs> and it doesn't and it hits us and we're all just pissed at it because you're so right it's so fucking confusing like 
I love the first part of this new season, like fun stuff. And then this just, my God, the menus, you got to talk to her so frequently. And like, she's mad at you at first. She's like dunking on you and all the guardians. Oh uh, that God. That's kind of, that. that is kind of Ada One's thing. If you were still playing the game in the Forsaken era, when it was her turn in the expansion <laughs> cycle. I did not. I would, I left during that time so i i was unaware <laughs> how do how do i put it you ingratiate yourself to her because you do her a bunch of favors like you do for every other vendor in the game mostly mm. i guess and she has a very a very sad story very tragic very compelling i don't remember which lore book it is in but you know they're also sad yeah they're destiny's a really depressing game when, yeah, when you start looking at it. In any case, yes, she she dunks on Guardians. She's like, wow. You know, I noticed actually from, from the brief time I did play that everyone like takes their dunk because that big social space where you are taken to talk to Mithrax about something, about like, hey, welcome to the city. Uh, if you investigate some objects, like there's a shank, it, and it's a lot more dialogue than I was really anticipating, which is super cool. I love seeing world bu- building that is accessible within the game. <laughs> the Fallen are just like, yeah, if we had this gift, we wouldn't fucking waste it playing Gambit or Crucible, you <laughs> disgusting freaks. <laughs> wow. You know, I damn, they're so right, though. Like, wh- as... Like the guardian in the like a real world that these pe- things live in, like we're assholes, right? We're just like ah, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm immortal, so I'm just gonna go kill my other immortal guys for for fun, for fun, and sometimes for even sport. profit. Yeah, and money, right? Yeah, ruthless. So there are like there are some things about the new season that do give me hope but at the same time i feel like it's so precariously at the edge of this could be like they, they'll lose the plot i saw yeah. a post somewhere about like a shader that you can get after you finish vault of glass and i'm like cool then i noticed that the source was eververse so you you get the privilege Ooh. To buy the shader after you do oh, the thing in the game. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, uh-oh. It's, it's, oh my god. It's, these kinds of games are evolving, right? Like, the the infamous Star Wars Battlefront 2 just fucking jumped in the deep end with microtransactions. And all these other games are, like, slowly wading into the deep end. Like, with little stuff like this. You get You give them an inch and they take a mile uh-huh like the i'm not super familiar with all of the the battlefront stuff that happened there was a lot of litigation that occurred because of it right yeah and like legal action over it oh uh, yeah, yeah so do, do you know more about it other than oh win? yeah no i guess it was i think i do rem- i played it probably for the first week or two that it came out because i was i'm love star wars and stuff like that but I didn't necessarily leave because of the pay to win. I just kind of like stopped for some reason. I don't know why. Just because you do sometimes. Hmm. Uh, But I did like keep it in my like news feed. But 
essentially like in game it was like you could make your champions that you could get like stronger essentially but the way you did that was through these loot system boxes that you could buy and it just really wasn't fair to the player at all because nothing was guaranteed at all so that's why a lot of games now will like show you this is what you can get in this box whereas they didn't do that at all it was just random so you never knew what you were getting so they had like kids and people spending like gobs of money on no guarantee and then when they did get these things they were just completely overpowered in the game itself that's fucked up it is it's really it's when you like think about it's like incentivizing gambling just so you can like get some more money from these people oh and it was a 60 dollars game like it wasn't free to play right either you had to pay for the game itself i don't know i guess it's something to keep an eye on i guess it's something to pay attention to but it's certainly it's disheartening kind of to hear that that you have to do this extremely limited activity and then pay for something like if it's if it is for sale for money instead of destiny 2's free quote-unquote currency the bright dust Mm -hmm. that's that's ethically so questionable to me yeah yeah like that game was the game was not always free to play and it's just oh it is exhausting watching them not just double but triple dip on their player base Mm. you have to buy the expansion to you know play the game you have to buy the season to play the game mm-hmm. and then they incentivize you to go shopping at eververse and mm-hmm. they keep trying to just squeeze out any of the bright dust that you might have saved up over time and i've i've played this game yeah since it launched which was <laughs> i don't know i don't know why i did that but what's done is done <laughs> point aside i have acquired a lot of bright dust and like i'm so really hesitant to spend any of it but then i also kind of feel like they're just gonna come out one day and say like yeah we're gonna get rid of this <laughs> great yeah okay that's totally realistic though that's totally a fear that i could i can re- sympathize with because like you never know right that we've gone through so many like changes and currencies or systems mm-hmm. and it's even with this new system right like this new transmog system it's just another like layer of just oh my god it makes my brain hurt like please like smooth it out oh yeah yeah it's all about the revenue i guess but in, in, instead of making this an entire segment about ever no i <laughs> how fucked yeah, up it is I, I i yeah it's got its flaws but i think destiny does it's a great game it is fun to play and one of the really great things about it is its art style mm, how do you feel Especially about that this, that season's ooh. armor this season's armor, hot. Hot, hot, hot. Uh, I love little coils. I love little details. I love lights. Gimme the lights. Gimme the coils. I'm, I'm here for it. Okay. Amazing. I will say the Hunter set is definitely the best. Yes. It's always... Yeah, well, because they know. They know the Hunters are like <laughs> the, the fucking fashion ones. So that's why they spend so, mo- so much more time on the Hunter they're like, oh yeah, we could just we'll just give the the Titan like another cube, and we'll give the Warlock a triangle, and <laughs> they'll like that. But hey, we we gotta dazzle up the Hunter, which is it's on theme and within the game's lore. Mm-hmm. 
Because that Titan helmet? I... Okay. Yeah, all right, but If you say so. <laughs> I really love the environments that they, that they did introduce in that first part. Like, that this new Vex area looks super cool. Very, like, almost 80s synth, which I hope they double down on with music, maybe. That would be really cool. Yeah. The... Very Tron. And I think that mm-hmm. it would be... It would be fun to mingle the Vex aesthetic with something that's a little more vibrant. Mm-hmm. I I like kind of what you brought up earlier, too, about how, like, this is... I can see it as, like, a teetering point for the story. Because they're either going to, like, really nail this for the Vex and their story. Or it's going to, like, skew it into... Um, maybe not irreparable, but a big... I don't know the word for it some but something feels off about it right this mm. mm-hmm. it will be hard to top hey uh the vex just stole the sun so uh, see right yeah yeah I, that's part of it i go get him guardian All right. yeah w- like when you say that like what the fuck that's weird as shit <laughs> all right Does... we're all living in the simulation <laughs> yeah but... uh, all right it's like then nothing matters kind of thing like it might be in danger of falling into that into that theme i'm just glad that there's a a, a tangible threat that has already occurred because i feel like a lot of destiny's plot points are hey prevent this from happening oh you prevented it from happening all right <laughs> see you in a few weeks Good job. we'll see you next little dlc <laughs> but the art Any, anything else about the art appeal to you or just or just oh, in general. all of it like what do you like to I, see in environmental okay. design i love just art in general i i've been to the louvre i've been to a few <laughs> museums in, in paris i love it i've been to museums in london to any city i travel to i like to to go to the museum like that's that's the thing i do oh in korea too like in korea in tokyo like that's that's what I do. Is there a theme that you would associate with each of these museums in different cities? Oh God! Oh yeah! Oh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's a loaded uh, question. Now that I think about it, there's so much there. Yeah, no. So like, gosh. Okay, there's a lot of like, at least in like the Europe, the museums that I visited in. Edinburgh. I don't remember the names of all of them. I think it might have mm-hmm. just been the Edinburgh Museum. Something like that. City Museum. Uh, they were, like, really into, like, portraits. And I think portraits are, like, a really big thing in all over Europe. Like, that seems to be the focus. Either portraits or scenes. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot... Because that's, a, like, the Renaissance and a lot of classical art came from that. And I, I loved it. There were a lot of pieces that were just, like... They're so... Oh my god, I, I don't even know where to begin. It's just so incredible. In the Louvre, they have these mural-sized paintings. So, Ooh. like, imagine a just your typical kind of Renaissance oil painting, like, very professional and very, like, detailed and lighting. Mm-hmm. And it's But then, like, blow it up to, like, 30 feet by 20 feet. And there were people who painted these like that. God, that's like so impressive. Like 30 fucking feet 
of just like detailed ass like oil scene proportions there were several of those i don't know who i forget who they were by or i'm sorry i don't you can go to the louvre yourself or look it up on the internet whatever <laughs> but there are these like they're just huge and i that was something we talked about in the other episode about the scale and tuna but yeah, these some of these like Renaissance oil paintings that you might have like seen or heard of are fucking massive. Just thinking of how someone even does that technically is mind-boggling. Because you you paint a bit yourself. Oh, I try. Do you have a <laughs> list? Hey, listen. If there's paint on a canvas, you paint it. That's all it takes. That's all. <laughs> listen, I've never painted. I don't intend to ever paint. Just because oh, you, you know should. I'm on a streak. Oh, you should. It is so fun. And something that really keeps me going in my in the painting realm, in the art in pursuing the of the arts is um a quote I don't know verbatim what the quote is, but it is essentially from a uh, philosopher Alan Watts and it is everybody is into something. And when I think of that, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me. If I like my painting, and if I see something there, someone else will too. That's how I feel about music. That's all. That's been. Oh, that's yeah. always been my my choice or my method of expression. Um, oh, definitely. Because back back in my youth, when I was <laughs> producing music, is kind of a hard sell, but making music and distributing it through Bandcamp. It's just so wild how it can circulate so, so far away. And shout out to this kid in Luxembourg who sent me a message. This was about, at this point, maybe like eight years ago, that said, like, hey, I really like your stuff. Are you going to make more? Something to that effect. And then I didn't. That aside. (laughs) No, um, yeah. It's just very cool that that kid found something meaningful in the stuff that I wrote in my grandparents' house, in my bedroom there, that I spent like eight hours painstakingly redoing the same segments over and over again. And that's just, boom. Yeah, it's wild. You put a lot of, like, you put eight hours, right? Like, as a a, a young man, like, in you put like a day, right, into this. And it was able to have, like, this positive effect on someone halfway around the world. Like, that's what it's about. Because mm-hmm. that's just, it's just so profound. Just just thinking about that, giving me chills. It is, it is. Uh, you want some double chills. Uh, Always. Another quote or philosophy that I like to live by uh, with my own painting and my own expression and artwork is paint for the stars. And I don't know where... I heard it or necessarily so I, I unfortunately I don't like have an attribute to it as someone might have said it if I did and I'm copying you sorry but <laughs> paint for the stars is something that I really like because it kind of shifts your perspective to you know painting for this greater sense like and without judgment I guess is what is so freeing about that like the stars cannot judge they can't judge or they yeah right like who who are they gonna judge they get they don't got eyes you can't <laughs> see my stupid baby. stupid idiot you just gotta feel it when you when you swallow the earth you know big old <laughs> boom 
Yeah, there you go. There that was is. me. That was me. That was me. <laughs> no, that's really, I think that's very, a very liberating sentiment. Yeah, and again, that can be applied to, like, any art, right? Like, make your art for the heavens and the stars. Like, regardless of what, like, people think of it or say of it. And I guess that's just not to, like, encourage people to disrespect anybody's art. But I think that's what prevents a lot of people from doing art. So when you can kind of throw those shackles aside, you can get these, like, you never know where you'll go, right? Yeah, the the fear of judgment is pervasive and listener viewer if you're out there judging other people's art and you're being a real dick about it uh i gotta i gotta ask you to hit pause and close the window (laughs) and never come back please please do uh this is a perfect segue though to uh hating art i will admit uh i went to europe and boo 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 i went to europe again But I did go to the Tate Modern Art Museum back in like 2019 or 17. I forget exactly when, right around there. Maybe even 16, jeez. This gets worse as you get older, I'm sorry. I know, I'm just, god damn it. But I I wasn't really into like the art world then. And this is more pulling all the way back to like styles of art in like europe are definitely i see a lot more modern like from my travels at least my very limited earth travels europe is more focused on like this modern art and portraits and people and feelings but the tape modern again another geez another tangent in our little web that we weave is like i used to think that some of this modern art which was like a signed urinal kind of art <laughs> i when i first saw it I really hated it. And I, I saw, there were, like, I saw pieces of, like, a big, maybe 10 by 10 sheet of, like, a bed sheet, basic bed sheet, just torn in, like, essentially random patterns and hung on the wall. I used to hate that so much. What about it did you hate? I don't know. I think as a younger person, I really, I saw it and I was like, I could do that. It doesn't make me... It doesn't provoke me as this is as a younger person thinking about this. Now I think that it's my whole view has shifted. But as a younger person, I thought like, this is fucking stupid. This is just a white canvas with some like little gradations on the side on like random randomly around it. This is I could do this. This is how is this art? Right. That's how I thought you used to think. I would, I would argue, actually, that in, in that case, it did provoke you in a very literal sense. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, as a, yes, at the time, it it provoked me, but I didn't realize what it was doing, right? Like, you hear about the, the, the banana that was taped to a wall. And that one, I still kind of, honestly, I still have a little problem with for it selling for so, so much or whatever. But as an older person, a more experienced artist, I... I have shifted and start to see the value in these things as they are. The banana especially is very funny to me when I think about the guy who just ate it. <laughs> what, um, when I, when I'm describing like modern art, what is your perspective on this though? I'd like to pick your brain about that. Any modern or contemporary art? Hmm. Well, you know, as someone who is not as, informed or even that aware about most contemporary art artists things like that 
the image in my head is the like the prototypical uh i just threw buckets of paint at a white wall and that's like the the modern art like the the satirical oh this is art wow look at me no like the no effort involved but you know as an older artist myself of a of a different strain it's still like meaningful to me in a sense like you can you can really just fabricate meaning out of anything i i yeah no i agree that's modern art to me i think Mm -hmm. no i totally agree with that at this point like in my art expertise or whatever that like even um, it's really cliche but like it is i think it is really true that anything can be art when it involves like people and experience um i guess i know it's been quite a while but going back to i guess themes you said about like different cultures at least in japan and korea it was a lot more the art that i had experienced was more expressive than it was detail focused interesting um this this segue is something i want to save for a, a different episode in the future but just like real quick um that's very evocative of the differences in language between the two mm. cultures like as someone who studied french and uh fluent no conversational uh if you're very generous maybe <laughs> and recently started learning japanese um they're very similar if that's mm. like the sense that you got because in romantic or romance languages or romantic whatever um they're very <laughs> specific like there's uh-huh. like a grammatical rule for a lot of different ideas like there's a, a tense you use when you want to express a wish a hope um something to express something that you did in the past and could still be doing to this day something you did in the past and that was it something you're doing in the present compared uh, to you know japanese uh, at yeah, least. Yeah, that sounds there's two tenses that i am aware of and i i'm very much a neophyte when it comes to japanese uh, you're gonna have there's... to roll it back for us uh neophyte uh for me and any viewers who do not know what is that uh, a scrub a neophyte okay a newbie all right continue go on <laughs> thank you <laughs> of course I'm, I'm always happy to roll it back <laughs> anyone out there you need something rolled back i got you um from what from what i have seen there's past and non-past and that's it <laughs> i love that though simple like even nouns in english Mm -hmm. obviously we have singulars plurals that's something you see in spanish italian french portuguese maybe i'm assuming as much i don't know much about portuguese uh i'm assuming the same is the is the same case for romanian in japanese there's no distinction and you kind of have to infer Mm. that yeah I don't know. That's just really interesting to see how how deeply rooted oh yeah expressive no, ideas can be. It's super fascinating to think about like how a culture a culture's art is also tied and represented like it's connected to a culture's language as well. 
at least generally. I guess actually that's kind of an obvious conclusion to draw because if you speak a certain way and you are accustomed to expressing yourself verbally. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, um, going back to, uh, another topic already covered, but everybody is in to something. It just really encourages anybody. And I hope you, the listener who is listening is proof of this that everybody is into something, even you, you little freak. <laughs> you disgusting little freak. <laughs> you little enjoyer. You're here with us, and that's fine, because everybody is <laughs> in <fine>. to something. <laughs> like, that's the point of it, right? You get it? But um, There it is. Uh, no more episodes. We're done. <laughs> exactly. An hour-long bit. That's what we're all about. That's what here. this was. It's a more yeah. We're going for the long joke, baby. We are the banana that was taped up to the wall. Mm-hmm. You found us out in episode two. Lucky you. Uh, lucky you. Hey, if no one's told you today, you're a genius, and I'm proud of you. We are. <laughs> Even though you disgust me on a visceral level. <laughs> and speaking of disgust on a visceral level. Um, what are the things that would put you in mortal peril that you would do that you have not done and why haven't you done them yet? Open question. So things that would put me in mortal peril. I think bungee jumping. I think that one is something I would do, but I have that fear that that fucking, that cable, it's going to snap, right? But like, I'll, I'll still do it. Like that's something, I guess that's kind of the question. Like, what would you still do, but what is... What's, like, what's what's holding you back, I guess? What's holding me back from doing that? Oh, yeah, definitely, I guess the... Yeah, same answer. That cord snapping and me just sailing into a rock. <laughs> so, this is good news. You are actually more likely to, to be killed by a bee sting, or struck by lightning, than skydiving. And according to... One website, because I, you know, I do a lot of in-depth research when I'm answering a question. Hey, we're not sponsored yet. So that's it's, true. It's all right. Any sponsors, though, you could speed up this process. And we'll we'll say facts about you. Mm-hmm. Pretty good deal. Uh, bungee jumping sports, the same fatality rate. As? One in 500,000. As skydiving. So they're very... <sighs> You are still just as likely to die either way. Okay. Well, uh, you know, man, I don't know if I, I don't know if I do it. I, I don't either. Cause if I, this is really stupid because I, I drive to a workplace five days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, and if someone were to tell me, Hey, you're this percent likely to die in a car crash. I'm like, fuck, I still got to go to work. <laughs> I wish I didn't. Here I go. Yeah. But if someone told me that there was a 0.0002% chance of me dying skydiving or bungee jumping, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> Give me the refund. I'm leaving. <laughs> but what about, like, driving, I guess? Like, as compared to that? Uh, let's see. Well, this is, I guess, I guess by state. What are the odds of driving? <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. Um one in one hundred and three, according to the National Safety Council. 
but you'll, you'll die in a car. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking no. I'm upset at that number. Uh-oh. So there's, a, there's roughly a one percent chance you'll die every time you drive your car. You little freaks! What? That's not good. <laughs> and people want the cars to fly. Uh, Are you, you kidding? Should, I am stunned. You, I, I, uh, I hate that. That is so upsetting. Oh my god! <laughs> what? Uh, Insane. Hey, listen, if you are listening to this and you drive a car, this won't be you. <laughs> There's only a one percent chance that it will be. Uh, I, uh, uh, mm-mm. Wow, that is that is wild. Okay, maybe I will bungee jump then. All right? Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever. I got a five, one in 500,000 or some shit. Easy. Oh, the stress. <laughs> what about, um, what about like a water activity? Like either scuba or free diving? Like how likely is it that you'll die? Or how likely are you to do it given oh, the I don't opportunity? Know how to, I don't know how to swim, so. It's not happening. None. Zero. Like, if you want to... If I had, like, the big scuba suit, right? And it mm. just toss me in. <laughs> and then I could, like, safely trudge my way back up <laughs> to the shore. <laughs> yeah, I'd do it. If I had to, like, go freediving, that's it. <laughs> if I say I'm going to go freediving, that's basically, well, I'm ready to die. <laughs> so. so if they 20,000 leagues you into this suit of just <laughs> metal and air you're you're down to try it but like not if not d- don't toss me in right <laughs> uh, obviously i'm much safer in the death trap <laughs> so no i mean hey it's your call <laughs> i and it's, oh, it sucks i i fucking love water yeah just everything about it the the deep sea is simultaneously so fascinating and incredibly oh, yeah. horrifying to me. Mm-hmm. And I oscillate between these two beliefs, probably too rapidly for it to be considered healthy. But you ever just think about how there's a lot of water out there just moving around? Oh, it's insane. There's so much water, like so more than you're more than you can imagine. And the scale of the earth, it's just ridiculous so much water what's in there yeah and like that's 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 the rabbit hole mm-hmm. that's the, the the great blue hole or whatever that mm-hmm. place is because it reminds you how small and insignificant your problems are but then you're like oh f- fuck what's in there what's down there Mm-hmm. and you can apply that to space as well thinking about that kind of two sides to the coin are you of the uh are you of the belief that space is the final frontier oh god i don't know <laughs> maybe i i don't have a lot of faith in humanity to be honest but we've done such a good job it's already. like more than a one in 103 chance right like maybe we'll make it i don't know i think that's i think that's where it's going but it's it's still a really long way off uh uh-huh. oh for sure i don't think it's it's definitely not in our lifetime oh no or like anyone maybe listening to this in the next 50 to 100 years <laughs> when, they, when they 
dig up the internet archive and they yeah. find this. Yeah, some kid's going to be blasting Two genius it. thinkers yeah. on their time. It's going to be lo-fi remixed. <laughs> we're going to be sampled. Yeah, we're going to be some... sampled into some teenage kid's car flying through space. Oh, that fucking whips. I'm ready. Put me in the cassette tape. Yeah, put me in the audio. Put put us in your ears. Why don't put you? Put us in your ears. Oh my god. Well, we are running short on time. We're coming close to our end. I will be turning into a pumpkin very soon. Do you have any last thoughts? Anything else we've been talking about today? No, I think we covered a lot of a lot of good stuff. Oh, actually, I want to end on this note. Uh, so I was looking at things on the internet to, like, talk about. Guess what? A 23-year-old Italian woman got given six doses of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. <laughs> what the fuck? Six <laughs> doses. And you want to know what, what happened? What, the, what, what this was all about? Uh, the healthcare worker accidentally filled a syringe with an entire bottle of the vaccine <laughs> containing six doses and only realized after. <laughs> what? How? It all fit in one syringe? A- apparently. That's in- is it just- I, I don't know. This fucking <laughs> nurse was just like, that's kind of a lot, but okay. This is this is a lie. Uh, uh, that wasn't right. I don't have any more. That oh, the math's off. Oh, mama mia! Oh, I mama mia! Wait you. a second, ma'am, please. <laughs> Apparently, they kept her under uh, a strict uh, watch for forty-eight hours, but she is, is she okay? doing well. Yes, she does does not have any symptoms and was released from the hospital recently. So that's all good news. End on a good note, they always say. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, good for that woman. She's certainly transcended the rest of existence. And listener, I hope you do the same as you drift off into dreamland. (laughs) So uh, good luck out there, you little freaks. We'll uh, we'll see you next time. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.